It's time for a Mega Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com and please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Now that we're in May, I'm reflecting on the last two months. Busy? That's an understatement. Lots and lots of travel. Personally for me, for pinball, including Chicago, Texas, Vegas, Cleveland, and more recently in Edmonton. I think all the flying actually took its toll on me. I lost my voice for almost two weeks. I was sick for another week. But finally, things are settling down back to normal here. But you're about to hear from many of those in attendance at these events. First up, Texas Pinball Festival, which lived up to the hype. I'm so glad I went. What an amazing show. So much to see. The tournament's very well run, and I got to see and meet many great people and new friends. I also thoroughly enjoyed the Twippies, and after seeing it, I finally realized how important it is to so many people as a celebration of the different aspects of all things pinball. So congratulations to each and every one of the winners, and of course to Jeff Patterson and his committee for a top-notch production. I'd be lying if I wasn't a little disappointed that Stern's Black Knight and JJP's Willy Wonka weren't announced or shown at TPF and were the following week, but those companies wanted to push Monsters and the new version of Wizard of Oz, respectively, so I get it. Finally, a big thanks to all the collectors, the vendors, the pinball companies, and seminar hosts who made TPF a blast. I've already booked my hotel for next year. Here are some of the people at TPF. It's the show everyone wants to come to. It's my first time here, and thanks in part to Ed Vanderveen, who joins us right now. Texas Pinball Festival, how much work do you put into this? I put in a lot of work. I put in a lot of work. My wife, Kim, puts in a ton of work. Paul McKinney puts in a ton of work. The volunteers put in a ton of work. I mean, this is the show that uh, I'm surprised this is your first time here. What, what, what do you think about it so far? You're just here. This is just the first day of setup, and and uh, you can see what goes into it just so far. Huge, a beautiful facility. I've seen machines I've never seen before. I mean, some great custom games, and I know there's going to be over 400 here. 400. You've got Butch Patrick here. You've got Pat Priest. You've mm-hmm. got John Ray's Davies coming. I mean, you do this every year. You've always... Lou Frigno was here last year. Didn't you have mm-hmm. Flash Gordon as well? Yes, too? Flash Gordon, Elvira, the first time we did that. Wow. Yeah. So the planning must be just ridiculous. And let's not forget, Ed, you just got finished... A great career in law enforcement. Congratulations on the retirement. Thank you. So yeah, I uh, yeah I retired from law enforcement. My original plan was to uh, just play some pinball and land the beach, but uh, now I'm and a lot of people have seen I'm running. <laughs> I'm running for mayor of my hometown in Midlothian, Texas. So it's not like I. You're busier like I now a, that you retired. I am so. I don't know how I held down a full time job before I did this, but once I get through this weekend, which is going to be a great weekend, I'll have some time to. Uh, you know, to work on my campaign. No, and, no, you won't because Franchi's going to get you to do that yes. podcast. Yes. you got to watch the it podcast. Right I'm pretty sure we're going to win Best Podcast for 2018. <laughs> so, you know. Is so, that going to happen? Yeah. I bug Franchi about that all the time. I'm waiting on him. I'm ready whenever he is. But, uh, you know, he's had a lot to go on. He had a flood. All of his equipment got ruined. And I don't do you, know. Do you think he turned know. on the taps himself? I don't know. Come on, Ed. He says, I don't know. Have the cops investigated? You must know some people in the Michigan law enforcement. I, you know, I haven't talked to the insurance company yet, but... Uh, <laughs> No, that was a shame that uh, he did lose a lot of stuff in that. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And Franchi's a butt of both of ours, so we're just joking. Ed, this is, again, my first time. It's a pleasure to be here. Everyone talks about this is where things shifted. Years ago, it was Expo, but Texas has just been growing and growing and growing. And I wasn't here last year. Compare this year 
2019 to last year. Is this a bigger show? It is a bigger show. It gets bigger every year. I mean, one thing that we have in Texas, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, is we have such a huge collector base. I mean, it's, and I know, you know, in some of the other parts of the the country, you know, a lot of people have basements where their game rooms are. They're upstairs. It's, but in Texas, there's not a lot of basements. It's e- it's easier for the collectors to get their games here, and. Um, so, and they take this as part of their show. I mean, this is their show. If you talk to a lot of these exhibitors, they refer to this as, as our show, and they, they take ownership in it. That's great, and uh, we appreciate them. We couldn't have it without them. Of course, you know, the vendors start talking to each other, and they go, well, Texas is a great show, so they, they start showing up. And, you know, Chicago, for a long time, I go to Expo every year, and it was really kind of an industry show for a long time. They don't have the collector base that I think that they need, but, um, you know, I, I think... You know, I went to the last expo. It was it was a really good show. I think Rob did a good job of he's trying to turn building it, around, it back up, building yeah, it back absolutely. up. So he did a good job of building it back up again. I told him, I said, man, you did a great job. Rob and I have talked quite a bit. Sure. He's asked me a lot of questions, but um, we're just blessed that we got a great facility and a great collector base and the vendors. You know, they come. They you know, we do our best and. I've seen a lot of people that go to both shows, too, so I imagine the success of each show actually probably helps each other in a way, too, because it just gets that buzz of pinball going. It does, and I I tell everybody, you know, wherever you live, support your local pinball show, because without the help of the community, there there really can't be a show, so... You know, I, I, sometimes people will complain that you know that about this show or that show, and I ask them, "Well, what did you what did you bring? How did you how did you contribute?" And, yeah. and I get it. If not everybody can bring a pinball machine, but but if you can support your local pinball show, sure, and and volunteer, that's a big thing. You know, we always need volunteers, but I don't know. We're just very blessed. You know, we just we try really hard. And we do the best that we can, and we. I, of course, I run around frazzled for the next three days, and people, and I appreciate people want to come talk to me and stuff. And if I'm short or rude, I, I don't mean to be. I'm just busy. So uh, talk to me after the show, or I'll see you at another pinball show. Sure. You know what you forgot to do here? And I, just a, some constructive criticism early voting for early the mayor. Early voting yeah, for the mayor. Sign, it, it actually starts April 22nd. Oh, you're, you should have moved the show. April 22nd <laughs> is when early voting starts. So You would have got a few votes yeah. for sure. Hey, Rob Burke's not running for mayor, is he? No. You got that on him? No. I know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll beat Rob Burke for sure. <laughs> I'm not worried. Ed, to you, Kim, and everyone, thanks very much. Uh, Thank looking you. forward to Texas Pinball Festival. All right. You're going to have a great time, I promise. One of the biggest treats here at Texas Pinball Festival is Butch Patrick. Eddie Munster's here along with Pat Priest, who played Maryland. It's got to be exciting for you to finally see the Monsters pinball machine being made. It really is. You know, I can't believe it took this long, but I'm happy it's finally here. That's interesting you say about it, it took a long time because the Monsters was so heavily merchandised back in the day when it aired in 64 to 66 reruns mm-hmm. and then the, the shows in the 80s. So it did take a long time for this to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting. Something similar to pinball was slot machines. When uh, IGT originally uh, tried to test out the market for TV show slot machines, they used the Monsters as their test market about 19 years ago. Huge success. But it took 19 years for pinball to catch up. <laughs> and, and what a great game. What do you think when you see it and you look at that beautiful art? And there's different art packages as well. Yeah, there's three different ones. There's the uh, the black and white's awesome. It's great. The retro look to it. Um, I'm not, you know, I haven't had a, actually had a chance to play it, but I read the reviews and everybody that has been contacting me that have bought one. Everybody seems to really love it, and they really think the design and the people that put it together, these rock stars of the pinball design business, uh, have done a magnificent job. 
What do you think of some of the clips that they've used? I mean, it's got to be kind of nice to I see haven't, that. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, Butch, you're going to love I, it this I know. weekend. Yeah. I know. That's the whole point. I'm really in for a treat. I haven't had a chance to actually see one in person operating. This is going to be a lot of fun for you. A lot of people are looking forward to seeing you and Pat as well. And you brought a couple of nice-looking uh, vehicles as well, too. Yeah, I tour around the country now. I have a company called Munster's Events, and I'm a gearhead. And I actually purchased these two cars about four or five years ago after working with the cars for about five years. So uh, I love it, and uh, it allows me to get out and do more things than just you know personal appearances at Comic-Cons and stuff. I do racetracks. We do Indy Racing League. I do baseball stadiums. We do car dealerships. You know, car, car, Anytime you can bring a crowd of people to a car dealership, they love you. So we, go, we crisscross the country doing all kinds of great stuff. It's got to be great for you to see the different generations that are in love with the monsters as well, too. We're talking over 50 years since that show aired. I still remember it as a kid, and it's great. My kids are familiar with it, too, thanks to DVDs and whatnot. But it's really something to see something that nostalgic and still mainstream today in the form of a pinball machine. Well, you know, the 60s, the, the Munsters were on from 64 to 66, which was right that in the middle of the, you know, the Beatles came to America in 64, the Mustang. The, the people just remember the 60s. They were, they were lucky enough to live through it. They really remember it. But even people that were born after that, they, they go back to it and they enjoy the stuff from that period. And uh, it was a great time for television. It was simpler. It was comedy at its best. You had shows that didn't have to have anything, any basis in reality. You had Martians and Genies and Witches and <laughs> Munsters and all kinds of great stuff. And people still respond very well to it. What was it like for you as far as not so much the actor, but as the family with Fred Gwynn, with Yvonne DiCarlo, with Al Lewis, and, and what did they mean to you? Well, literally, it was funny because my mom had married a baseball player and she was living on the East Coast. I was living with my uncle because once I got the part, I didn't have anywhere to go. So uh, they were literally, my, the Munsters were my closest thing to a real family while my family was gone. But um, it was great. We, we, we stumbled onto it on paper. You look at the show, you would think, this is no way this is going to fly. It was, but it, it caught fire. Uh, the, the cast was great. The writing was great. The sets, the uh, special effects, it, it all fell into place. What was it like back in the day? Was there like a Coke Pepsi thing between the Munsters and Adams family? You know, it actually worked really well for both of us because we weren't up head to head. We were on Thursday night, they were on Friday night. But the idea that whether you preferred one or the other, there was a very good chance you watched them both. If you, you know, if you like the Adams family, you were still going to catch the Munsters and vice versa. So it worked out well for both of us. Butch, all the best at Texas Pinball Festival. Thank you very much. I don't know if there's an award for this, but if there was, my vote goes to the hardest working people at Texas Pinball Festival, Rachel Bess and Antoinette Johnson. I've seen what they've been doing all day here at Marco's Specialties, and Rachel, you've just been go, go, go. I can't believe you've taken time to come talk to me here. That's what I do. <laughs> go, go, go. By the way, congratulations on the nuptials. That's uh, very exciting news. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pinball brings people together. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Antoinette, it's great to see you all decked out with your uh, stern Munsters dude. You're going to be a big part of that this weekend? Yes, absolutely. Can't wait. I see, as promised, when Antoinette was on here, she was talking about getting the Munsters. And I'm looking at all of these amazing premium machines. It's got to be pretty impressive. You've got to love it, Rachel. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to play it, and I can't wait to get mine home. Now, on the last Stern game, um, you probably were a bit of a fan of that with Beatles being a, a big fan. Was that uh, rooting for Paul, or who was that? That was actually just a little surprise that, that Franchi pulled on me. I, I just found out one day, hey, Rachel, uh, I put you on the play field. Like, what do you mean you put me on the play field? <laughs> oh, sure enough, there, there I am. It's pretty so, impressive. It, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool party trick. It's a, it's a nice keepsake. All right, Antoinette, what are you looking forward to here at Marco Specialties and at Texas Pinball Festival? Oh, definitely uh, new monsters, and uh, I haven't had a chance to uh, try out uh, the premium yet, and uh, really uh, anxious to try that uh, lower play field. 
I know. It's something very unique with the four flippers, too. What a great, amazing setup you've got here. And we'll take some pictures, too, to show you on our Facebook page. Rachel, Antoinette, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. They come from all over here to Texas Pinball Festival, even from the Garden State from New Jersey. And we're here with PinballSupernova.com, Lee Wigelinski. And one thing I like about this Texas Pinball Festival is I get to meet people like yourself and learn about what you do. And it's videos, it's mods. Tell us about it. Uh, I started the channel probably about four years ago, five years ago, when I got into the hobby. The hobby needed something to show like how to do mods and just tutorials on like how to do repairs or purchasing pinballs and stuff like that. So my YouTube channel, my blog kind of shows people how to buy games, how to repair them, mods that are out there from uh, the different pinball companies out there today. And that's kind of what Pinball Supernova is all about. So it's like a one-stop shop for pinball. So from beginners to those advanced collectors if you will correct now that's good because if i go back a few years ago when it came time for me to buy my first pinball game the biggest fear wasn't where am i going to put this not even what it's going to cost it's how do i fix it and i still have that fear Mm -hmm. and i'm almost afraid to ask what i think are dumb questions sure well if you do like if you watch my videos sometimes it's things that you don't know about in pinball and my videos will show like how to repair like the the simplest things and maybe some of the more major things and 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 i do the same thing like if i have a problem that i never fixed before on a computer on a pinball machine i'll go on google do my search stuff like that my youtube channel is a one-stop shop to browse do a search or even go online through google and nine times out of ten my videos will pop up to show that tutorial on how to repair or again how to install that mod that you or a color dmd like i have from white star sam all the sterns and then i have williams the different years of williams of how to install a color dmd in each one of my games so your channel's been around for about five years were you influenced by people like clay in michigan he he had a great podcast and i really liked what i would listen to on his podcast and then the older podcast that followed him i would listen to as well and then um I got into the hobby, or basically into pinball, when I was eight or nine. I'm around your age, actually. 32, go on. Exactly, 32, 33. And then basically, um, I used to go to a bar with my uncle. He would he knew the owners of the bar. So we would go play like um, Black Hole, Haunted House, Space Invaders, the pinball machines. And that's kind of where I got my start. Two Guys was like this, you know... Um, this store near my house and we had a huge arcade and we would go there and my dad would go so my uncle and dad were really into pinball and that's how I was influenced into pinball. Lee I'm so glad that you came out to me and said hello and uh, I got to know a little bit more about pinballsupernova.com and check out the videos thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate it. Getting ready for TPF here at Spooky Pinball with Charlie Emery and looking at these beautiful Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles you've got to be very proud of them. Very, very proud. Hey, Christopher Franchi, we'll talk later, okay, buddy? Whoa. Sure. Franchi right. in the near. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to... We're stirring up weirdness. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Bowen's tutorial, and especially since that's going to be archived, too, because this is a deep game. You have to be very proud, like we said. There's a lot of moving parts on this, and still it's new for so many of us to really learn how to play this game, but your thoughts on the game? extremely proud of it our guys have done a tremendous job of getting it together it's not an easy game to build so it's been a little slow getting off the ground we intentionally drug our feet to get the code where it needs to be bowen is a huge part of that as is scott denisi as is uh mr fosma our programmer and everybody else involved david uh, vaness our animations guy this game has wonderful beautiful animations and the art package is great i'm really proud of it 
and you should be. And in fact, so is the person on the back glass. I know that you're going to be heading to <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona to be dropping off one of these at Alice's house. We are. Yes, yes. Alice is as nice a human being as they come. He's even nicer than Christopher Franchi. Well, that's not hard to be. Hi. I'm not just saying that because he's behind me. Uh, yeah. You jerk. <laughs> It's it's wonderful working with Alice and his manager, Shep Gordon. They're just great, great people to deal with. Well, I'm looking forward to this being a great year for Spooky Pinball. Congratulations again on Alice Cooper. I know Scott Denisi's next up, so it's going to be a good year. We're going to be cranking on this game from now until Sally's getting on the podcast. This is great. Uh, we're going to be working on this thing till November, December. We hope it sells out. we got a few left, so go to SpookyPinball.com if you'd like to see one. And yes, wait until you see what Scott Denisi is doing. I have... And uh, I love that young man. He And he's as nice as you think he is. He is, for sure. Thanks very much, Charlie. Thank you, Jeff. You have the most professional, beautiful voice <laughs> in all of pinball podcasting. You're damn near professional right, radio quality you, guy, thank aren't you, you? Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's a place I haven't been to. It is on the wish list for sure for me to get to Oregon because of so many great pinball players and venues and things to see there. Well, now you can take a piece of that home thanks to Dick McNicholas and Karen Thornburg who have Pinball Art USA. They're here at Texas Pinball Festival. And you'll see on the Facebook page some of these gorgeous prints. Dick, tell us how this all started for you. I've been in the amusement business since 1976. I retired a number of years ago. Had all this collection of back glass and I wanted to do something with it. I knew I had to get a permit or licensing from the manufacturers to do it. We've done that. Taken us two years to build a website and get uh, products. We print on canvas, stretched on one and a half inch bars. We have aluminum. Uh, the images just pop right off of it. Uh, we do it on vinyl and we do it in framed, uh, custom built frames at the time of manufacturing. And uh, we also do it on greeting cards. We're looking at other products like jigsaw puzzles and other things coming jigsaw down the line. Jigsaw puzzles. Jermaine Mariol from also the Northwest also is a huge puzzle guy. We talk about our puzzle doing, do the puzzles, do the yeah. puzzles. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you like them too, Karen? Oh, I love puzzles. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Well, you know what? When I first walked in here at the vendor area, I noticed the back glasses. I thought, well, they're a little smaller. I thought they were actual back glasses. And then I come up, I see the canvas, I see the frames, I see the greeting cards. This is pretty impressive. And I can't believe the attention to detail. You've done really well. Well, thank you. You can also find us on our website. It's on pinballartusa.com. And um, we've got many, many images there to, um, to view and look at and purchase. I'm going to wish you all the show. I don't think I need to because, again, this pops. This is something you see when you first come in Texas Pinball Festival. These are gorgeous. We'll be talking later. Okay. Well done, Dick. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Karen. And thank you, Jeff. There's so much to do at the Texas Pinball Festival. Yes, there are a lot of different games to play. There's the tournaments. For me, it's all about the food courts. And who you see at the food court, there's Jeff Patterson of TWIP, who's got a big, big night. We're all excited for the Twippies. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Jesse Bodell from Buffalo. Buffalo Billiards in Austin, Texas is here as well. And Emoto Harney. Oh my God, we've Hello. seen these people all over. How are you, Emoto? Oh my gosh, I'm, I don't even know how I am. I'm about to explode. It's so exciting. Are you tired? Because you're everywhere. And how can I be tired? There's just so much energy around here. It just keeps me going. When I tell people how often I play and when I play in the long tournaments and stuff like that, people are like, when do you sleep? And I'm like, I try not to think about it. Are you the same way? I don't think about it. You know what I think about anytime I travel to all these pinball shows? 
I see Bob Matthews there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he is everywhere. So I'm like, there are five Bob Matthews. <laughs> a lot of people swear, don't know. That. I'm trying to figure out if yeah. I could figure out how to clone myself like him. Then there's one in Thousand Oaks right now. I know you see one in Texas. <laughs> it's but crazy. He's there. He was just there, Arcade Expo, sitting next to me um, when we were doing like a panel discussion there, and now here he is again in the tournament area playing the EMs as per usual. Yeah, classics. And how are things at Buffalo Billiards? They're great, Jeff. Yeah, uh, really busy year added eight new pinball machines to the lineup we're up to about 20 i was talking to steve bowden he's been up there a few times in fact that's what got him qualified for the texas pinball championship i guess if yeah you will, which he, he won he did uh he apparently i was not here i was at the stars game <clears throat> but uh <laughs> i was thinking about going to that too yeah my buddy's got season tickets so we oh. sat right on the glass next to the bench it was it's kind of nice and what about teching because you can't have a big tournament well you know this too moto you can't have a tournament without great techs i've seen you get under a few games already today i've fixed eight games already today yeah. luckily it was nothing catastrophic just silly stuff like people didn't rebuild their flippers before they brought them to the tournament and they people... let you come out to the food court area oh yeah 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 um, I, I told i told colin i needed caffeine and i wouldn't be useful if i didn't get it so well, I thank, and I know, Omoto, you're probably the same way, too. Whenever I see a volunteer attack somebody running a tournament, thank you, thank you, thank you, every single time. It's because of them that we have good shows, really. So if you're listening and you're going to an event, please thank them, or even one better, volunteer. That would help. Cause, yes. Because yes. right now I'm the only tech outside of the two tournament directors, and they're kind of busy directing tournaments. Oh Hold gosh, them ransom. Do it. Do something. Uh, yeah, like pull your weight around. I know. I, you know, I, missed opportunity. One breath, I'm talking about the goodwill, but you know what? You yeah. could have some big bucks here. I should. I should. You'll have your own should, season tickets to the char- stars, I, right? I should charge for this. Well, you need to make a shirt that says like, "Hey, other techs, please help," because yeah. so many guys around here, guys and girls, know how to fix the machines. And yeah, yeah. I know how to break knows, them. I keep you busy. Oh, come on! Are you in the tournament? I am. Yes. I'm, Are you playing well? Uh, that's why I'm out here at the food court. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, All right. Thanks very much, Emoto. Great to see you. Oh, you wait. Last what? thing. How did the trophy break last night? Oh, the one that Steve. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, It's so heavy, too. Mark Masserve (laughs) failed to seatbelt it when he drove it up here and took a hard left turn and it fell over and snapped. It's amazing it didn't go through the windshield. It's so heavy. It's great. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Good to see you again. Thanks. See you. Good luck on the tournament. (laughs) You know, the biggest question here at TPF is really who is the best? A lot of people are asking that. I'm asking that. And what, again, the question relates to is. Who is the better host of Eclectic Gamers Podcast? You be the judge. Right now, they're with me. Here's Tony. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hey. How are you doing? And Dennis, who you've heard recently on a podcast, uh, low ratings for that podcast that I had, Dennis. But oh, but that's the lowest you ever, you ever had before. You know, I blame the fact that you were up-chucking every 15 minutes. <laughs> Tony, you are the glue to the show. There's no question about all the effort that you put in. Is it difficult to have Dennis on on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis? It, it can hurt. Sometimes it just tears at my soul. See, I was supposed to have been working that uh-huh, day yeah. that I was too busy, so we, I couldn't make the episode. I just I had to have a break. I had to have the time off. And, Tony, <laughs> is there truth to the fact that when Dennis had his house broken into, which is obviously very sad and tragic, no it one was wants terrible. To, it really was, 
Was the brick intended for him, or was it to break in? I think the brick was probably intended for him, oh, yeah, and yeah. he just it just missed. Bad timing. It happens to all of us. Uh, oh, here's Dennis. Hey, Dennis. How are you? Hey, Jeff. What's going we, on? You know what? We got another oh, podcast. You were, talking, you were talking to the glue, huh? Yes. You're... He's the glue. Maybe you should, we, we should bring in the cement of Hold the, on a second. You the know cement what? of the Eclectic Gamers podcast. Let, let, let us bring in <laughs> another guest. I'm in Texas right now, and I have just come across Jr. And he hasn't been shot. It's not Ewing. It's Jeff Rivera, who you know, who you love from the Pinball Podcast, which, by the way, is the most it, creative name ever. Well, you know what? He's got dibs on it. We had to come know, up with stupid names. <laughs> and, and Jeff, you've been there for a long time. It's very, very long time. And you're going around getting a bunch of selfies from people. Yep, 100 selfies at least of TPF. So, Tony, Dennis, you're up next and next. So that, that's going to be the deal. I mean, oh, it's sort of like slim pickings, eh? school Drek art I project is this. Well, I hope to not run into him this early and hope to have it done before that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. you know. Don't want it to cramp your style. It just breaks down sometimes. Jeff, how are things? And uh, you're from Utah, right? I am Salt Lake City area. So, so uh, Mark Robbins uh, from Head to Head, another podcaster. He's going to be in Utah for the next couple of days. Are you going to show him around? I am, if uh, he doesn't duck me. But. Okay. You're considered the generous, Jeff. I am. I don't know. I think it's because I gave him a couple bucks on Patreon or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. But Boy, they know. beg a lot, don't they? They do. They do. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Do you beg on Patreon? No, I'm a GoFundMe sort of guy. Are you? Okay. <laughs> we don't have to ask. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. wow. It just comes. People it just get, happens. They just give. They open their hearts and their wallets. Oh, boy. For oh. my wisdom to just flow. <laughs> I highly like water. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I know it's not a good example, but really I suggest listening to Dennis and, and the stronger of the two, Tony, on Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Make sure you check out Jeff Rivera on the Pinball Podcast. It is great seeing all three of you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, seeing you. His strength is all through steroids. <laughs> You've heard about it, and people have seen it here at Texas Pinball Festival. Coin Op Carnival, the original book about electronic tales of mechanical contraptions from Ryan Clayter and Nick Baldridge. You've heard them on a bunch of podcasts. And I got to tell you, you guys had a seminar here earlier this week, and the books have been selling very, very well. You've got to be excited, don't you think, Nick? Absolutely. What's the feedback been from people you've heard already? Extremely positive. Uh, it's everything that we hope for and more. Very nice. And you're going to be doing a bunch of shows, too. Talk about the shows you're going to be at, Ryan. Oh, man, where do we start? There's 16 stops in 10 different states across North America. We're starting in Texas, of course, but we're hitting north, south, east, west. We've got shows in Pennsylvania, Virginia, Michigan, Chicago Pinball Expo, California, Nevada, the Pinball Hall of Fame, a couple stops in Texas, uh, Michigan. Uh, what am I missing? <laughs> Sounds like you're everywhere. In fact, if you go to the website, you'll be able to see uh, kind of the whole tour. The website, again, is... CoinOpCarnival.com. Just simple. No hyphens or anything. Just again, CoinOpCarnival.com. And I know this has been a big labor of love for both of you. The bingo machines. You creating that masterpiece of yours, Nick. I love bingo pinball. Uh, I find it to be incredibly challenging and very, very complex. And uh, I wanted to learn exactly how they were designed from the ground up and share that with people. Uh, so what I've done is taken all 142 both production and non-production bingo pinball machines manufactured in the United States and put them into one cabinet, swappable play fields, uh, everything programmed wire for wire, ribbon for ribbon. It's got to be illustrated too and uh, we go to our fine friend here from Michigan State, uh, Go Spartans. 
that had to be fun for you. The animations are great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're talking about the bingo or the book at this point, but they were both incredible uh, projects to work on. I did hardly anything on the multi-bingo. Uh, helped Nick with a little backlash artwork, but you know the book has been about two years in the making, and uh, we couldn't be prouder of where, how it came out. What amazes me about the pinball community in general is just how people kind of come together from all different walks of life. We're seeing people from all over the world here at this show, but it kind of is the same relationship for you two, Nick and Ryan, because you're in different parts of America, and yet you found this common bond, and look where you are now with Point Out Carnival. Did you ever think when you first met you would get to this point? (laughs) You know, we told a story in our seminar about how we did meet, which was we were essentially listeners of the Pinball Podcast, and there was this weirdo that wrote in about his bouncy bingo pinball <laughs> machine being deeper than Twilight Zone. And I instantly wrote the co-host, Don, and said, you've got to send me this email. This sounds fascinating. And, of course, that turned out to be Nick. And we started chatting in very short order. He helped me through the restore of my first electromechanical project. And, you know, our friendship blossomed from there. We started taking family vacations together. And it was during one of those family vacations that this idea for a collaborative publication was born. And so we've been working on it ever since, and uh, my gosh, it's here now. The love of pinball bringing people together and producing more great pinball content. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you very much, Ryan. Coinupcarnival.com to get your copy of this fantastic book. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us on, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. People come from all over to be here at Texas Pinball Festival, and i found, finally some good Australians. I mean, I talk to Ryan and Marty all the time, and finally, Rorden Osborne has joined us here from Sydney. How are you enjoying Texas? It's unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, it's just pinball on steroids for me, <laughs> for what we have at home. I mean, this is like a hundred times anything we have. Um, I've got to say, I've probably played about three games since I've been here in two days. It's just yak, yak, yak to everyone. I walked, I walked down the aisle and there's Steve Ritchie, there's John Borg, there's Mark Ritchie, there's Dennis Nordman, everyone, I, I talked to all of them. That's pretty exciting too, and you have been into pinball for quite some time, in fact your first machine probably what, 30 years ago? Yeah, uh, well my first game was when I was five years old, it was a Spanish... 30 game. years ago? Well no, yeah, I wish. <laughs> you can lie, no one okay. knows. Okay, okay, yeah, I was about, yeah, it was Spanish eyes and I... Stood on a milk crate to play it. Just a, a, a box of flashing lights that was just, what is this? I want to play it. I want to do it. And then when I was about 18, I was just sitting there at work one day and I just opened the paper for sale. A Gottlieb Panthera, $50. I thought, you can buy pinball machines for home. Rang up, went and got it. It didn't work. That didn't bother me. Were you able to fix it or find someone? Uh, uh, I electrocuted myself a couple of times. <laughs> and then I found someone. I, I just went to the Yellow Pages and the local pinball distributor. I took it there, 200 bucks, came back, took it apart again. Uh, and then it went back again. And there was all these other machines there. And then suddenly, hey, you can buy pinball. I mean, I want a Space Invader pinball. I want a Countdown pinball. I want a Firepower pinball. And I mean, it got ridiculous. Where, where these machines were like, a, I paid from a from a distributor, two hundred and eighty-five dollars for. They a, made their money, and you just wanted to get a little more out of that. That's good. Yeah. Now, for those people under the age of twenty-five, the yellow pages were pre-Google. That's kind of how we found out yeah. phone numbers, of and course. and phones were attached to the 
landlines, they call them, too. So, again, I just have to clarify that for our younger listeners. But uh, you were talking about meeting Steve Ritchie, Mark Ritchie, Dennis Dordman, all these great people here. You've also been one of the kindest people here because you went around to talk to so many of us podcasters, and you gave us a lovely little treat. That was very kind of you. Yeah, Jeff, I've been listening to podcasts, all your podcasts now, for nearly a year. Uh, I'm in the car all day, and what's my interest? Pinball. And I found all your podcasts, and I've listened to every episode of what you've done on Pinball Profile. I've listened to every episode of uh, Slap Save, uh, Special Win Lit, Head to Head. And I mean, come, I wake up Monday, come on, download, boys. I will listen to everyone's podcast probably three times a week. It gets to Thursday, and I'm going, that's it. I've got to wait to Monday. So I just keep, I roll them over again. You know what I like about the shows you mentioned and the variety? It's that everybody has a different take on it, too. It might be their own perspective. It might be from collectors. It might be from competitions. It might be opinions, news. There is a nice variety, and there are a lot of great people now getting into it. And It's good, too, because the more people that get into it, the easier it is for somebody like me to say, all right, I'll step aside. See you later. Yeah, well, look, Jeff, I mean, the Internet has just brought us all together. Yeah. I mean, pre-Internet, we were just little cluster groups reading the local trading post looking for machines. And we really had no connection anywhere. And once the internet came, it's just grown and it's made a a small community now worldwide where, well, I can beg my wife and say, can I go to Texas for three days? I just want to hang with you. I want to meet these guys that, that I know so intimately. That's so cool. So you made the trip over here. I am going to be coming to your neck of the woods next January and February. So you're in Sydney. That's definitely a location my wife Ann and I are going to be coming to. So you have to give us some good tips. You know, we're probably going to have to do some touristy things. I might have to walk the bridge. I might have to see the opera house and some of those kind of things. But I need the What's the insider? What are the good places to see in Sydney? You've got the zoo. You've got the... You just, just, just walk over the Harbour Bridge. You don't have to spend the $300. I actually did all the CCTV on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for eight years. I'm scared of heights. I don't know if I'm going to go over. I'll walk it, but... Up just top? walk it. Okay. You just have to walk it. You don't have to go up the top. I mean, how are your knees? <laughs> Mine are short. My knees? i got one left. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be pleasurable. Rorden, it has been pleasurable meeting you, and thanks for stopping by and seeing me and introducing yourself. I'll see you in January, if not sooner. I will sooner. definitely see you in Sydney, Jeff. I can't wait. I'll take you out for the time of your life. Oh, even better. Thanks yeah. very much. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. If you just watched the uh, live Facebook video that I just put up, when we came by flipping out, I was talking about the hardest working men in pinball, and I certainly think of Jeff Patterson this week in pinball, but also from the This Week in Pinball podcast and straight down the middle and the twippies zach many hey how are you buddy jeff teolis we love you man i am so impressed first of all Uh, i saw the truck when you first came in i'm like pretty badass how how obnoxious is that no no it's marketing it's it's marketing and but you've done so much in so little i didn't say with so little i said so much (laughs) in so little. some might say that yeah like you are like both feet in this whole thing and it's just I remember watching the first ever episode of Straight Oh, that's bu- that was, was like, rough, oh, man. That was rough. Oh, they're cute. They're, that's a, <laughs> they're in the garage. Oh, Look at them. They're having fun. Let's, but it just grows and grows and grows. And it now does. you are this pinball entity with so many different facets. Let's talk about flipping out first yeah, of all. Yeah, absolutely. That just started recently, didn't it? So we took over flipping out pinball. We bought the, the establishment in January. Uh, so ever since January, uh, two months now. 
we hit the ground running and man that we've been selling most all titles from all major manufacturers as well as which is unique to us as you many of you know is the stair climbing hand truck by Escalera helping many people get pinball machines up and down staircases so we've been hustling man it's it's a lot of work and it's what Saturday I'm getting tired but uh, now I gotta gear up for the Twippies. Well, so that's the thing. Like, to do one of the things you've done yeah. is a lot of effort. So, let's just talk about flipping out. That that's certainly a lot. That's full time on the it show. Is. By the way, you have a full time gig. Yeah, I do. Yes. The Staircat. It's yeah, very, yeah. very impressive. I know you're probably selling very well here at the show. We sell just as many of these things as we do pinball machines. Wow. We really do. So people love them, and they're 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 built well, and they don't break, and they don't come up for sale used because people don't get rid of them. Okay, so flipping out the Staircat, that's two. Yeah. Add your straight down the middle videos that uh, certainly come out. I mean, that that and, is high production. And we all know that that's all me working, Jeff. That, uh, that is not Greg Bone. You know what? I'm looking for Bone. I don't see him anywhere. No, he's probably drinking a beer at the hotel. <laughs> okay, so there's that. And yeah. then the podcast. And I would thank you very much for having me on. Oh, and, we love you And And by the way, you have to come on my show. We've talked about that. I would that. love to. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. So that is pretty high production. I know from being on the... Uh, I guess co-host side of it, what you put into it, and I got all the notes. So between you and Jeff Patterson, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of work there too. Absolutely, uh, we're having fun with that as well. It's a totally different uh, dynamic for me because I'm used to going back and forth with my co-host Greg Bone on the video show, but for the podcast, it's me and it's a co-host. Uh, luckily, there's so many wonderful flipping people in pinball that everybody welcomes me and they come on the show and they give it their all just like yourself. Uh, so I couldn't have a better group of friends than pinball. You also, now the fifth thing, okay. is the Twippy Awards. Oh, and geez. there were over 2,500 votes. Yeah. So you've really caught on to something. I told that to Jeff Patterson too. Like this, I don't know if Jeff originally thought it was going to be this big when he started it off. You know, oh, let's maybe do a poll. And then yeah, yeah. I was impressed he even came up with trophies. I'm like, dude, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, he, he, that's out of his pocket, by the way. So that's please support great. him. And, and now it has grown, and now it is basically the highlight of the seminars here. It, it, That's it's, great, too, yeah. It's, it's in the prime position, prime time, yep. 8 o'clock. Saturday yeah. at 8. And it's going to be packed. you got to be excited. A lot of work goes into I'm that. I'm terrified, Jeff. Why? I don't do the group thing, man. It's just it's really hard for me. A camera is one thing, a microphone's another. One-on-one -on -one with you, love it, right? But I get large groups of people. Hopefully the lights are shining really bright so I don't have to pay attention to who's out there. The hardest thing, uh, but you know what's good about the Twippies is that it's not a Q&A. A lot of the seminars, it's hard for the it's yeah. hard for the people on the booth to hear the questions because of the feedback yeah. and the speakers being ahead. So you'll be fine, and I know a lot of work, a lot of production. We, we wanted to make it something special this year. Last year was the first uh, inaugural, if you it will, Twippies. It was silly, it was goofy, but we wanted it more than Tuxedos? just more My than God. just a poll, right? So you had to do something else. So we did that live on Twitch, and the response was so overwhelming that this year came around, and I told Jeff, I said, why don't we create for pinball an Oscars, a Golden Globes, an Emmys? And he said, because we're broke, Zach, we have no money. <laughs> I said, okay, well, we can do it. Good point. We can do it on a budget. Why, if we mess up, we're with friends. Nobody cares. We're just having fun. We're celebrating everybody we're celebrating every single person producing to help make this hobby industry sport big so why not we'll do it we'll make it bigger and bigger every year with the support of people like yourself uh, or our sponsors or whoever we're just having fun man 
Well, I know a lot of people are going to be watching straight down the middle to see the results. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Because a lot of them probably voted themselves. So all the best, Zach. I know you're busy. Thanks very much. Thanks so much, Jeff. We love you, man. I'm here with Paul Wilson right now, who's kind of, I don't want to call it a homebrew. It's a re-theme, but you've made this interesting Polynesian theme game, and I saw it out in the hallway. Uh-huh. Tell us about what you did. Uh, I got lucky. Uh, one of the guys out here had a student prince as a parts game. Uh, so he kept the back glass, he kept the plastics, and gave me the rest of the game. It's very unique, and take a look at our Facebook page, because I took a picture of it, too. I was with Carl D'Angelo, like, that looks familiar, but I didn't really know the game very well, and I saw a lot of lineups, people playing the game. It looked good, looked like it shoot well. It's very unique. So what made you do the Polynesian theme? I guess there's a big subculture that I don't know about. Yeah, the just tiki culture. I mean, you go to Disneyland and Trader oh, Sam's. That. Oh, yeah. Right. The but birds I mean, are the best. Yeah, I mean, it's just long that line. I got a buddy who's out in California. He goes to Disneyland. He, I love Trader Sam's. I'm, I just like the tiki stuff, and it's just like... I love the wood rail and all that kind of stuff, and I like woodworking, so it just, I can go with the wood, I can get the exotic woods out, and I can just go to town on it. Well, how long did it take you to put that together? If you discount the six months where it's in storage, because I'm burned out, about four <laughs> years, so it's... Oh, okay. Uh, and then there's, like, weeks where I could hope I'm working 6 a.m., 6 p.m. to midnight, I'm working on it. And then there's the pre-TPF, I get off work go to the makerspace, and then I don't go to bed for 30 hours. Because, Paul, you're right here in Dallas, aren't you, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so the show's growing and growing. You've seen it just expand yep. to what it is now. The Twibby Award winner as the best show yep. in all of pinball. It's uh, a good place for you to showcase this game. Yeah, no, it's been great. And i got to give a shout-out to Dallas Makerspace. Okay. There's the Vector Comedian there and Nick Shell when he was still out here before he moved to Roanoke. He helped me so much build that sucker out because he... <laughs> Right before he moved out, that was his last project here. He's helped me do that rebuild. Well, Paul, four years, that's obviously a labor of love. And congratulations. Good on you on doing that. Thank and you very much. Is there another project you might want to do? Uh, this one is up for sale, and a large chunk of that money is going to be going to Pinball Life to do a from a ground-up custom. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's nice to see some familiar faces at Texas Pinball Festival, but of course all good things come to an end. The show is over. Miles Cameron from uh, Oakville, Ontario. You've been coming to this for a while, haven't you? Yeah, this is my uh, second year, Jeff. It's uh, it's a really good festival in terms of a great mix of both tournament as well as vendors and games that you can play. For those that were there, you may have seen three or four people wearing like really nice Stetson cowboy hats and stuff. They were all from Toronto area. They were all Canadians, too. And you were playing a game last night. I think it was Oktoberfest. And it had to be kind of nice that this young woman came up and gave you a hug. I love cowboys. Yeah, and I didn't think uh, someone from Oakville, Ontario, could end up becoming a cowboy so so quickly. <laughs> Just buy a hat and, and walk around and uh, pretend, you, pretend you love Texas, which is really easy to do. There are so many different things I can think of that I loved about the tournament and the, the show and the seminars. What were some of the things that stood out to you, whether it was a vendor or a game itself? I think it's the, the quality of the game in terms of the preciseness of these guys fixing up the machines and being able to spend thousands of dollars on modding up these machines, making them look perfect, and bringing them to the show so other people can enjoy them. I mean, there is no other festival that I've been to, which I've been to about three or four across the country that has that quality of game when you get up to it you think it's brand new 
it took me a while to realize, you know, how passionate people are about their machines, especially the collectors, because obviously I'm I'm more playing and not really paying attention as much to the mods and the toppers but you can really bedazzle some of these machines and we saw some of the greatest mods ever at texas pinball festival 100 percent. i mean there was even a star trek game that was a complete reverse profile where the shooter lane was on the left side versus the right he took the game entirely from original star trek and reversed everything all the shots were reversed all the numbers were reversed and um, even took the graphics at the back of the back glass and changed the uh, look of all the characters for the detail level of having a reverse Star Trek pinball machine. I know how much you like Texas Pinball Festival. In fact, you booked your hotel, what, early March last year. You'll probably book 2020 in the week or so, right? Yeah, no, the, the, the guys that we came down with, they all loved it. Uh, most of them were here for the first time in... As soon as the uh, the hotel block opens up, we're gonna we're gonna be booking it and, and uh, saving these dates for next year. Thanks, Miles. Safe ride home. Thank you very much, Jeff. Congrats to Raymond Davidson. He was the winner of the TPF Wizards tournament, and to Kristen Gregory, winner of the Texas Takedown Women's Pinball Championship. Also, Bob Matthews, the Classics winner, just like he did at Indisc. So I flew back to the Northeast after Texas only to fly back to the Southwest the next week for Pinmasters. It was also the North American Championship in Las Vegas, but there was a little trade show the day before. I had to check out and see who was there. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Walking around the Amusement Expo right now with an operator who has uh, done a lot of good things in California. Jim Belcito's here, and uh, you'll hear some different noise in the background. We really are walking around checking this out. You come all the time, don't you? Every year. What is the thing you've noticed about the show as far as growth, as far as what the new trends are? Smaller and smaller every year. That's what Roger was just telling me. It yes. used to be in the really big convention center. Is it because there are different shows? Is it the time of the year? Is it too close to IAPA? Well, IAPA is taking over the biggest show of the year, for sure. Uh, that's, that's a monster show. Uh, the industry is, is definitely smaller than it used to be. There was a, I would say there was thousands more operators back in the, you know, the 80s and 90s. And, and there was a lot of people there did it on the side. It wasn't their full-time job. And now we're down to like the really the hardcore people. That's all they do. This is the serious people that's left. And that's, this is the show. And, is, there's, and there's less games, too. It's, it's not about video games anymore. It's about ticket games. And, and you know, pinball's back a little bit, which is nice. But, you know, come, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was full all your, you know, video games and shooter drivers, all the, you know, joystick games. Those are all gone. It's all about ticket games. So is it more about the venues, like you say? It's, it's just the big players now? I mean, there are people like yourself who certainly are doing big things in California, but across the nation. Is it the Dave and Busters? Is it those type of people that are really soaking up all the operator industry, if you will? Actually, in a way, it is. I mean, if you look at what the, uh, the manufacturers are catering to, it's all about the big FEC stuff. If you look, all the games are getting bigger. Oh, what? FECs, Family Entertainment I, Center. That's not what I thought you said. Okay. FEC. FECs, yes. Right. Wrong vowel. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm seeing... So all the games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which is harder to do in a normal location, but they're catering to those people for sure. And redemption, redemption, redemption. I mean, Absolutely. that's the moneymaker and probably easier to fix. You just have to refill the stuffed animals and, and toys and whatnot. Tickets? Uh, they're actually more difficult to deal with. Really? There's still a lot of operators that don't touch them because there are a lot more work. A lot more things that could go wrong, the ticket stuff, you have to have ticket eaters. There's just more mechanical parts, you know. Video games in the past were a TV and a joystick or a gun, easier to take care of. So in this industry now, you see basically two factions. You see 
the operator of the FEC side or the redemption operator side, and then you have like the jukebox bar guy. There's, there's operators that are just do they just do jukeboxes, internet boxes, and that's the other good side of the business. If you can do that, they really kind of split off. Yeah. So in years past, the amusement expo was a lot larger, but you said everyone's kind of going to IAPA. IAPA seemed pretty big. Now is IAPA growing? Does this industry only need one show a year? Is that really what it's come to? I think, I think two is great. IAPA caters to a bigger crowd too. That's for like. FECs and amusement parks, like they have rides there. Yes, the virtual reality rides. Everything's there. Yeah. You know, they have all your Halloween. If you're doing like a Halloween thing in your in your park, they have all the Halloween attractions you can buy. Which is weird because the show's in November. Right? I know. You're planning ahead for a year. But that's the show. If if you're any kind of an entertainment industry, where it's even if it's you know restaurant stuff with the food, or you know FECs, you know, the the game side is actually a small little section of it. It's like in the back corner. Yeah. Everything else is is amusement park stuff. So that's my next that's question. Why, that's why everybody goes there, because it's everything. When are we going to see Jim Belcito the Carney? When are we going to see that happen? Never going to happen. Come on. Never. Step right up here, Belcito. Come on, play your game. Get your tickets. Come on. I see it, Jim. There's a calling for it. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. There's a lot of noise right here, which can only mean one thing. Pinmasters round one is over. We're here at Gorilla Sushi. Carl D'Angelo, Greg Pavarelli, David Oliver, Jim Belcito, Stephen Bowden, Johnny Modica, Colin McAlpine. Now you're all quiet. I just wanted to hear some of this chatter. And I'm just yours. Well, that's true. But so we're, we're oh wow, Carl Dingolo doing a pinside PD impression. Nice week. All right, oh, Carl's even taking pictures right now. So we're just we haven't talked pinball once, have we, boys? Not at all. It's basically how can you fill your face? Johnny Modica said the best thing. He goes, "I haven't had carbs for a week." We're at a sushi place. I've never seen so much rice on a plate. Well done, Johnny. I'm stuffing my face right now. Johnny's paying for dinner for everybody because he won big on the Andy Rosa Stern Pro, Pro Circuit. Thanks, Johnny. What was that? I didn't hear that. <laughs> anyway. He's got, he's got Benjamin's in his wallet. Yeah, he's, he's, he's bucking up. Oh, round two tomorrow. Carl, I heard you're not going to stream round two. Why? My wife's coming down. I'm taking a break. I need a break. Well, that was a lot of uh, streaming these last two days. A lot of streaming. So you're going to see Michael Bublé. Yes, Michael Bublé. I can get a Canadian to sing for you for much cheaper. <laughs> Not as good. My wife would love that. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> yeah, we, we got it. You're, you're hired. Anyway, I could see. Uh, I'm trying. Now he won't stream because he's got Bublé tickets. But anyway, Colin, how are you doing after Texas? Great. I'm, I'm happy to just be playing pinball. Yeah. I, I don't have to organize anything. Okay, well, Belcito's here. Carl's here. Uh, who else runs tournaments? Greg runs a lot of tournaments. It sucks having to play and run tournaments, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I actually usually like it, but I've never done anything of this magnitude. It's a masochist over there. It's tough because you're always being flagged down for a ruling or a stuck ball or this or that. Carl, when you're streaming, you've got that to worry. It's so much fun just playing I and hanging out here. This is this is actually one of my favorite parts. Especially when it's free on Johnny Modica. All right, we're out of here at Gorilla. <laughs> you know what fixes a bad day of pinball? Sushi and beer. Thanks, boys.
You think of all the players in North America, and only one person can say, I played in the North American Championships and the Women's Championships. That would be Carrie Wing. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired, but it's been a great weekend. A great weekend. I enjoyed thoroughly watching on IE Pinball. You destroy so many different games. And I've said this to you personally. I got to play with you yesterday in Pinmasters. Watching your AFM game might have been my favorite viewing of any FM game ever. That really? was exciting. Well, when you went for the one billion hurry oh, up. Yeah. I always go for the one billion hurry up. <laughs> we saw, okay, okay, maybe she can go for two, maybe take 300. No, no, just kept no. on going. My theory on AFM is never shoot the saucer, uh, which not everybody does, but that's what I do because it's dangerous, so I just don't shoot for it. And no ball save on this one, too, so even the super skill shot, nope, nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> You've been playing so fantastic lately. I mean, you've won a circuit event before at Cactus Jack. I am so thoroughly enjoying watching you play. And what's next for you? You're going to try to travel more? Um, the next big thing is going to be Pinburg. Um, I just signed up for the Whipped tournament, and I already have my Pinburg ticket, so I'm really looking forward to that. Where do you play locally? Uh, Kansas City. We've got a couple great locations there, the 403 Club and Pizza West. We have monthly tournaments and weekly tournaments, so... It's pretty often that I play two tournaments in a week, which is great for practicing. Has that given you the confidence? Because when I watch you play, no other player, I mean, I think of you and Zach Sharp as the most composed players I've ever seen. Like, nothing seems to phase you. Well, I may not show it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course I get nervous, and especially when a machine is on the line. I mean, that's like the most tense situation <laughs> usually. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like to show it that much because I like to focus on what I'm doing and I, I like to stand pretty still so I keep my viewing angle consistent. Uh, but yeah, people say that a lot about me. They say I'm very zen. At least it looks that way. <laughs> For sure. And the final four, watching you play, uh, I watched the semis against Louise who's spectacular. She almost won the classics at Indisc too. Yeah. She, I thought she was going to be the toughest opponent for sure, but anybody can have off games here and there. And when I was playing her, there goes a plane uh, <laughs> right under the runway. Um, yeah, when I was playing her, I don't think she was quite at her best, although she did have a couple solid games. Barracora was a tough one to win for sure. You both were dialed in on Barracora. Yeah, that was a surprise because that wouldn't have been my first choice to pick, but... Uh, luckily, I paid attention to the tutorials and <laughs> kind of knew what to do on it. And Maureen was a great wildcard pick from the Seattle area. And that one came down to game seven. She picked that EM on game six, which I thought was very interesting. And then there was the big yeah. delay as well. Yeah, that made it really interesting. Um, it kind of killed the momentum a little bit. Could have gone either way after that. Uh, I didn't put up a great score on time zone. And then uh, she managed to pull it out after the like 20 or 30 minute delay, which... Hats off to her for being able to pull it out after that because that's tough to come in cold like that. But uh, yeah, Game 7, Game of Thrones, um, I only put up $100 million, but that was enough to seal the deal. You probably noticed a couple times I chose to go first. That's just to take some of the pressure off of me. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I don't like to put myself in a situation where I, I'm like, oh, I just need you know 20000 or whatever it may be. Um, I like to just play my own game. And Which is funny, today at Pinmasters, that's the whole idea. You have No matter whether right. you're first, second, third, fourth, it doesn't matter. That's the whole thing. So yeah. different mindset. That's interesting that you take that kind of psychology about it. That, that's really cool. Right. And not many of us. I mean, maybe a, a handful, two handfuls can say they've played one game to win a machine. So, again, that was just epic. Yeah, it was pretty insane. And weirdly enough, I have been in, the, in that situation once before. I played at the Winnipeg tournament in Vegas, um, and it came down to game seven, the last round. 
uh, I chose CSI, which, yeah, I'd already picked a lot of my favorites, so it kind of came down to CSI, and I was like, oh gosh, I really <laughs> hope I can play the game of my life on CSI right now. And luckily, I just put the pedal to the metal and put up a big score on ball one and never looked back, so... Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Never look back. The carry wing story. There you go. Great to talk to you today, and congratulations on your big win. Thanks. Nice playing with you. It's a long way from Ohio, but it's always nice to come to Vegas. Amy Kesting joins us right now, and you've been here a few days, haven't you? I uh, arrived Wednesday late and uh, played in the Women's World Championships yesterday and uh, did pin masters this morning. I know. It's very, very exciting. Back to back. So let's talk about the Women's Championship. 24 women, and yeah. it was great to watch the entire thing is on the stream too on ie pinball so that was very exciting i don't think anybody was going to stop carrie wing that day oh she's such a great player and it's like it's so cool to watch her she's so good and i was excited for her to be playing in nationals and women's at the same time very hard to do right you're concentrating on both (laughs) i don't know you just i guess you just play when your game is open uh and then if you're you're supposed to be on another game you move to the next one i want to talk about your great play too because i think the first time you and i played together once we certainly knew who you were was last year in september at cleepin and you were deadly on classics i know because you knocked me out thank you are you gonna bring up the time that i lost my shoe while i was playing (laughs) i didn't i wasn't gonna say it you've got both on right now oh they're strapped on yeah 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 no i just (laughs) It was a memorable moment. People were like, who's that girl? I'm like, that's Amy. She lost her shoe while she was playing. And then she had to pick it up and put it back on. I loved how intense you were, but you were still very excited. And you had said to me at the time, like, I've never been this far before. And I was like, you look like you've been here many times before. (laughs) Well, um, really last year was the first time I went to any tournaments outside of Ohio. Last year, coming to the Women's World Championships was my first time really going to a tournament out of state and then I went to Pinvasion with my friend Evan and did that and I showed up and like they had to show me how to put credits on my thing and how to queue and all that and then I did Pinberg and then I did uh, a Klee Pin yeah so last year was my first time really uh, going to any of these tournaments and I showed up to most of them by myself just to play pinball you know it's this kid's first time here at a pin golf tournament anywhere. I wonder how he'll do. Uh, good luck to you. What's your name? Raymond. Raymond Davidson, who is fresh off the big win at Texas Pinball Festival. Pin golf. You've never had a chance to do that with all the action in Seattle? Uh, I might have played one, maybe one at, in Seattle at a local arcade. Um, and I think I enjoyed it. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been a while. Now, it's a different mindset, too, because I know after your first few games, you said, I just have to stop forgetting that I have five balls to do it and just play normal. Yeah, the mind games is totally different where you're just freaked out that I'm going to drain, I'm going to drain, and if you think that, then you end up draining, and you're like, oh, why did I think that? I should just play play like it's a normal game. You know, the only difference is if you have an option between, you know, a low-risk, low-reward shot and a high-risk, high-reward, like, you know, you got to weigh those things out. Um, but the actual, you know, flipper skills and shot-making, just ignore everything and play pinball, and it's really hard to separate those two. But there's got to be different strategies when you look at some of the objectives on, say, Attack from Mars, where it's on hard lock, so you're probably not going to go multi-ball. Yeah, I went went saucer on that, um, and I managed to get a four or five, which doesn't sound great, but apparently people are getting nines on it, so 
You know, just hitting the Josh sauce. got a nine. Yeah. I have, to, I have to say that all the time here. <laughs> Some of the other games, too. I mean, Black Rose was the first game I played, and I thought of you because I know that's one of your favorite games. And the objective wasn't all too much. I think it was 20 million, maybe 30 million. It's something, yeah. something doable, but 15 mil, 15 million, even better. And I was thinking, what's the best strategy to go to? I was getting multi balls and doing nothing with it. I guess I should just go up the middle. Yeah. If you can shoot that center shot, you can get 15 million in uh, maybe, you know, five, six shots. Uh, you get those broadside awards, get those hurry up bonuses. Uh, multi ball is definitely what you do if you want to blow it up, but if you don't need to blow it up, you might not need to play multi ball. I know you were watching the national championships yesterday, the North American championships in which Zach beat Nick Mueller. You might have had some action on the field. You were rooting for Nick, I think. I was. I was rooting for Nick. Uh, would have made uh, quite the uh, the upset there uh, for no particular reason other than pure excitement. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Just yeah. funsies, right? Yeah. But I did hear there was a lot of action on the field. Yeah, it actually, the odds were 18 to 1, and then they went to 12 to 1 after a couple of days. So people were betting on that. For sure. All right, good luck, rookie, at your first Pin Masters event and your first pin golf. Thanks, Jeff. Two huge powers coming together as one today. Coast to Coast Pinball, Nate Shivers here in Las Vegas, and Pinball Profile, first time on this program. How are you, buddy? I, I thought you were talking about Raymond Davidson and Kaylee George over there. I didn't realize you were talking about us. Uh, I'm ask, good. I'm ask, really good. Ask Kaylee how he did on Game of Thrones. Did he lose to you? Uh, I wasn't playing him, but um, double digits, is that good in Pin Masters? Yeah, no, that's really good. Is yeah, it? you want high scores, right? Tens? Tens are good. He got a ten. Anyway, Nate, it's good to see you, buddy. And uh, what's it like coming back here? I mean, I don't know what the scene's like in Amsterdam, but give me a quick Coles Notes version of pinball in Europe. Uh, pinball in Europe is lacking a lot of me. I don't get out to a lot of things. I need to. Um, there's a scene. There are scenes. I'm just not a big part of them. <laughs> um, there's a World Poker Tour scene in my living room. There's no dining room table, but there's a pinball machine, so um, it, it's scattered, but it's okay. I don't know if we have time, because you're up pretty soon for five quick thoughts, but a quick thought here on Pin Masters and playing in Las Vegas. Um, I love Las Vegas. I grew up in the desert. I miss the desert a lot. I grew up in Arizona. I used to work around Las Vegas a lot, so I miss it greatly. It's good to see so many great players. It's good to see you. It's good to see friends of mine. Um, I wish I was playing a little bit better. It goes back to that. For as much as I love pinball, you'd think I'd be a little bit better at it. The passion's all you need because that's what makes you better. But anyway, I hope things are going well for you at Taylor and everything else. Things are really good. Record year for our company last year, so it was, it was really Very nice. Right, yeah, it was good, it's good times. a big part of that. I know well, you're up soon, buddy. We'll talk later. Thanks, Thank Nate. you, Jeff. Always. This is going to be a difficult interview because, because of his marketing background, he will only respond if a question is asked. He doesn't understand how a conversation works, but what he does understand is how to win the North American Championships. Zach Sharp, congratulations. You always want them, leave people wanting more. It was very, very exciting. It was late into the night. I enjoyed watching the stream, and boy, let's talk about your competition. Nick Mueller, how great a player he was. Woo, the kids, man. I mean, they're like men, but damn, you know, I must hit uh, Florida bus uh, again. <laughs> well, in fact, I know you and I two years ago were at Free Play Florida, so you might have had a chance to see Nick play then. He's come a long way. He was great then. He was awesome. I'm like, who is that kid? And I even joked with Josh. He was my pick to click in the Nationals, just seeing not that I would bet on pinball because I was playing in the tournament, but if I was a betting man, he was the field. Raymond, I think, bet the field, and I 
that was almost a wise decision. But that was very, very exciting. I mean, there were some real surprises for a lot of people that don't know a lot of these local players in the states and provinces because maybe they don't travel so much. And we get to see just incredible players across both countries. And uh, it's not an easy task to win this. Uh, congratulations. I know, I think Josh was rooting for you to come in second because of the split. <laughs> no, he didn't make the dance. Oh, you, you gotta, have to make the dance. You gotta make the dance to split. Isn't his stuff that like I, I'm? If I'm home and he goes to City Champ, he doesn't. I don't get mail money. Well, <laughs> yeah. You gotta make finals. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn so it. you might not be splitting for a while then, if that's the case. I've seen Josh's first well, round of pin masters too. I'll just too. say if I qualify. <laughs> He's side by side here. He's, di he's dying to get on the thing. Hi, Josh. How are you? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to the poker room. I'm not even going to be here tomorrow. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. I'm glad I'm here. Let's just say that. Anyway, Zach, back to you. Enough of your brother trying to <laughs> cut, rub it. Get in I on this. In this. Uh, what did you think about the game selection? I mean, they were certainly you're used to the no ball saves. I know watching the first game of your playoffs or the finals, it was outlay, outlay. Yeah, it was you had no chance. Total ball saves gone. No ball saves. But there's something about you. You're just like a stone, and not to you know make a pun on Eric Stone. You're like a stone, and it, you're not phased by any of that. Nope, because I have played long enough that no, that I know people are very excited here. There's a lot of high intense pinball action, but you do this enough, there's enough bad beats, enough house balls that you just know it's going to happen. There's, it goes both ways, too. It goes both ways. You take the good with the bad, and don't let it affect you. I know a lot of us are very excited to see the new Black Knight game. Anything you can tell us about it? I know you flipped it. I mean, it looks great on what we've seen on the limited video. It's fantastic. Check it out at MGC, Midwest okay. Game Classic. That, it will be at Midwest Game Classic. Well, last year I think there were 30 Iron Maidens there, so I yes. imagine there'll be quite a few there. Not that quite many, but there will be a good presence of it. Tim Sexton is very, very excited to be first lead on this game, so he's such a great player. I can imagine the rules are really good. He's got some fun ideas. Okay. Congratulations on the North American Championship. You are, again, the sharp to watch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you have to. Actually, I think Evan's the one to watch because he needs the most help in life. But <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you. One of the big surprises, a real treat here in Las Vegas at Pin Masters, was to see Pinball Hall of Famer John Norris join us here. Thanks very much for coming by today. Oh, thank you. I, I'm really glad to be here. It's awesome. You've done a lot of the streaming here in round two with Stephen Bowden on IE Pinball. That's uh, uh, What do you think of pin golf today? Because we're going to talk about the history of pin golf. And uh, what do you think about it in this format as it is right now in 2019? Oh, I, I love it. I'm glad to see where, where it has gone from where it was 25 years ago. It has, it has really evolved and, and matured and it's a very viable uh, competitive concept, both for league play and for tournament concept. You and I were talking on the stream a little bit about the history of pin golf, and it was something that you created along with another person here, another pinball Hall of Famer in Roger Sharp. Roger Sharp. How did that all come about? Well, this was the early 90s, and their company called Arachnid was doing a dart leagues with, with coin-operated dart machines. And there were no other than Steve Epstein and his league and uh, with Papa, there was no really organized nationwide pinball leagues. And I'm an avid golf player, and I realized one of the issues of, of pinball machines was to do a league or a competition is that every location is going to have an eclectic mix of machines, so every machine is different. So 
I, I thought of taking the approach of golf where like you go to a golf course every hole's different so with every machine's different you can set objectives on machines such as a score or get into a threshold or something. But the handicapping idea was great. I wish it came into play today. It would have been really good. Right, and that's the thing was, was the handicapping because in golf you can handicap so you can have a, league, a golf league and you can have players of all different skill levels playing in, in the same team. And, and the, the better players don't get any strokes and, uh, and the medium you know, up-and-coming players, they get some a little bit of handicap strokes. So that was the whole idea behind pin golf as a scoring concept was was to do that and we we started a league and the idea was all the pinball companies to collaborate nobody owned it anybody could use it and we had representatives for our first pin golf league from data east williams and gottlieb and roger sharp was one of the players we had Larry DeMar was in there. We had some, and we did that Gala Lanes and Carol Stream, and we had a guy named Dan Ferris, who was one of the best players in the league, and he was just a person there who played in the bowling leagues at Gala Lanes, and he wanted to do this just for the competition aspect of it. Well, it's a lot of fun. Pin Masters is a very successful circuit event here. I think of you, before I have to go play my next game, I think of the year... It has been the 12-month period, going back to October, being a member of the Pinball Hall of Fame at Chicago Expo. That had to be very, very nice for you after all the work that you've done over your career. And here in 2019, it's going to be another great year. I know as you sit with Stephen Bowden deeper, we're all excited about that. Oh, and I know you must be. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, deeper Pinball, I'm going to talk about something about game design quality. And a lot of people look back at the WMS Valley games of the 90s, and they were better than everybody else's because they put a lot of emphasis in game design quality. They would give the game its time to, to finish it, to tweak it, to polish it, to make it the best game it possibly could. Uh, I was working for Gottlieb, and we had to do our games in 90 days. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that turnaround. And, and Dade East at the time was somewhere in between the two. With Deep Rip Pinball, for the first time in my life, I'm getting a chance to spend time on a really, really cool pinball machine and give it game design quality. I know, and we're looking forward to that. But let's go back to your Gottlieb days. I mean, because you had to turn them out so fast, were you like, okay, I have to sacrifice this because the time constraints, I can't do what I want to do. I've got only so much time to do as best as I can. Yeah, and that's, and we had what was called, they called it just in time. No, and it, I call it parallel development. So in other words, the artwork is being done at the same time, the game rules are being written at the same time, the ramps are being made at the same time, the unique parts are being ordered. It kind of all comes together at the end, a week before it goes down the line, and then you put everything together and it goes down the line. So I usually had to tweak the game rules and try to balance the game rules about a week to two weeks and that's why a lot of that times unreal. that's why a lot of times people say that the Gottlieb games were unbalanced well yes they were because we didn't have time to tweak them the other thing that Gottlieb wouldn't let us do is after the game was first game went down the line and was boxed and shipped away they didn't allow any software updates to polish the rules because they didn't want to have to send e-problems out to the distributors boy oh boy John, it's been a pleasure to see you here in Las Vegas and uh, also on the stream on IE Pinball. And we're very excited about 2019 for you and Deep Root Pinball. Oh, so am I. I look forward to uh, our games coming out for Deep Root Pinball, our launch. When, you know, I can't talk about it, but it's really exciting stuff. Big it's smile on your awesome. face, John. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're welcome.
Congratulations to Kaylee George, who on his last ball on the very difficult Black Rose had to come back to get 15 million. He started with 1.4 million, and pretty soon you had a double danger on that feathery game. How did you pull that through? Uh, well, you just have to play it. <laughs> what I was mean, your strategy? I mean, I guess? I mean uh, like that game, you have to. There's nobody that you can plunge well because Davy Jones isn't a gimme. If you try and power plunge it up there, you're risking a danger in itself. So on the skill shot, you're going to have to just go for the 500K to open up. Um, and that thing is a feather tilt, so the fact that I actually got away with two dangers was pretty lucky, but there wasn't any way to change my strategy. I was all the way down and had to do pretty much the whole ping-off score in one, so it was going to be Whirlpool Millions or nothing. Um, wrecked a shot, got lucky to light million ramps, which made that even easier. And then you hit three, <laughs> so there's one, two, yeah. three, six million. Yeah, and then I was right there. So then I was already pushing the million ramp on the Whirlpool anyways. So one more shot, and I was done. So that was nice. Very impressive, Kaylee. And let's go back to day one, because kind of the buzz around here was like, hey, did you see Game of Thrones? Kaylee took a 10, <laughs> a double digit. What the hell happened there? Yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, the Game of Thrones is set up like shit. So, um, I mean, somebody put like this weird rubber on the um, right orbit. on the right orbit, which is totally fine. Like, I mean, generally it kicks down there and um, comes to the left flipper. I didn't like that, so I was bumping it off the rail. Uh, so what happened to me on that game was basically I caught the ball on ball one and bricked something and instant drained. Uh, ball two, it came out of the pop such that it wasn't touching the rail and proceeded to hit the left sling and power drain out the right. That happened two other times and then two other bad flips. So I basically had like a four-flip game and, and no points. I think I had 10 million or something, which was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that's fine. I mean, I ended up the day with plus two, which was Amazing best, after a 10. But good after a 10 and an eight. So I don't know. I think I had three twos and three threes. Today was a little less good, but we'll see how it comes out. I think we're in a four-way tie for two, two spots. Yeah, and that'll be done tomorrow morning. So out of these games, what's been the toughest game for you? Basically on setup. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, that's Star Wars for sure. Uh, no ball save. Yeah, no ball save, but I mean, you don't get ball on a flipper, and there's no way to plunge well, and you know, you can't you can't uh, short plunge to a flipper, and if you center plunge yourself, it comes back, so that won't happen. Um, so there's not even, like, that way to plunge on the game. So um, I think it's just a poorly designed game in general. So um, I think it's not fun for novices, even when it's set up normal, because you probably end up with one of your balls plunging with the button and going out an outline and ball saving and happening again. So uh, design better. <laughs> Once again, Kaylee never... Holding back uh, his, his true words here. There's no lie detector on him right now. This is just how he feels. He's going to the playoffs, so you know what? I'm sitting on the outside looking in. I, I think somebody like Steve Ritchie, who's designed some of the best games of all time, can also uh, take the criticism of sure, designing okay. a very poor plunge into one of his games. Now, that being said, I played a four-player game of Star Wars, and we had three different people. We had Han, we had R2-D2, and Leia. What's your path in this pin golf format? Uh, I mean, it's pin golf, and these games aren't set up easy where you're getting lots of ones and twos all the time. So, I mean, for a lot of players, just play what you normally play, because if you're getting decent scores, then you can probably get that in a few balls. I don't think it's a bad idea to pick R2 and just go for uh, Death Star. Okay. and do that. Uh, what a lot of people were doing was pick Han and just go to uh, Hoth and try and play video mode, and I think that was reasonable uh, strategy with the way it was set up. Since it was set up pretty difficult, you wanted to guarantee some points. Actually, getting a lot of the ball on Flipper wasn't too possible. Kaylee, thanks. Good luck tomorrow.
Thank you very much. Not everyone can advance at the Pin Masters. In fact, uh, quite a few didn't. Only 16 advanced of the 72. Some didn't even get in. So what do you do in Vegas when you don't advance at Pin Masters? You join Derek Thompson from Edmonton, Stephen Bowden from San Antonio, and Greg Pavarelli from New York at the California Pizza Kitchen uh, at the Mirage. And you talk about, oh, could have been this, could have been that. And uh, what was your excuse, Derek? Play better. Steve Ritchie impression, not the greatest I've ever heard. Stephen Bowden, I don't really consider you a loser because you actually were never in Pin Masters, but you were there for the IFBA North American Championships. But he barely has any voice left because he streamed all day today. Can we get a word out of Stephen? What do you got? Uh, I need to suck less <laughs> and play better more. Uh, that's it. <laughs> it was a nice treat, though, having John Norris there. But he was only coming for an hour, and you, did he give you some relief so that uh, you could rest that voice? Yeah, yeah, he did. But we made him feel quite comfortable. I feel so. That's why you know if you're in, if you're doing commentary and you're doing it in a comfortable way, the time passes, and all of a sudden four and a half hours is gone, and you can't talk. <laughs> Stephen, I wonder. A lot of people watched the stream over the last few days on IE Pinball and Will again for the finals on Sunday. It looked a lot easier, and you were probably wondering, why are these games playing so tough? Why are the scores so low? Did you get that feeling, too? Now, you played some of these games on Thursday. Yeah, I, I was able to fully understand why the scores were so low, and I also explained a bit of that during the stream, especially Tron. Like, Tron's 12 million is a reason why the 12 is there, and you can see like Tron lulls you into a false sense of security and then as soon as it senses you're out of control you die and that's why it's 12 million <laughs> and so I was able to show that to John Norris and he then understood why it was that low because you know John Norris is a very accomplished tournament player with skills of his own I mean he'd be a top 25 player easily if he became the scene and so going through and seeing what Tron was doing to people <laughs> you know he was fully understanding how 12 million was really a great target score considering what we were seeing people getting literally 11.8 million 11.6 million <laughs> you know so it was uh certainly interesting having him in there in the booth for that long and also just a pleasure to, t to speak with him greg you and i were playing along with derek and i know star wars is a game you normally blow up but that had your number today yeah, you know, um, both times I played Star Trek and Star Wars, I uh, left a lot on the table. I uh, had the opportunities to get twos and didn't execute. Truthfully, I was a little bit in my head day one. I didn't get to warm up like I usually do. I went in cold. The games are super hard, but I knew that Josh and Zach always do that. I'm not trying to make excuses because there was like 20 people in the tournament that are better than me at pinball even when I'm playing my best. One of the harder circuits and only 16 make it. But... um. You know, you gotta step up in limited entry, like Texas last week or Pinmasters. Uh, you don't get multiple tries, and I, I will admit humbly, I am a pump and dump favored player. I almost always qualify and make a run at the buys when I get unlimited tries because I can get the scores when I when I play hard, and I, I usually dump a lot of money and and all that good stuff. These limited tournaments, uh, guys, are pretty challenging in that you don't have the opportunity to make mistakes. There's no second chances, especially in Pinmasters. An eight can devastate you, and that's really how I lost. Like, uh, I got all the scores today, par, except for two games I got eights. And uh, it was the same two games yesterday, uh, Black Rose and uh, Star Trek. 
Black Rose is tough. I mean, uh, I don't know the game. I didn't get many plunges. I barely flipped. So, um, you know, look, the tournament was fun. I learned a lot about pin golf. You know, Josh Sharp didn't qualify. Uh, various other players, Trent didn't qualify. So I was pretty stoked about it. But today, I played better. It may be a limited entry tournament, but Greg Pavarelli, not limited when it comes to words. Thank you very much, Greg. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't even know what you asked me at this point. I'm still having not slept. I'm running on fumes here. Uh, Vegas is my favorite place to be. You won the Greg Jenga game, and that's for another story, another day. I think I might speak about that on, uh, <laughs> on a podcast soon. All right, thanks very much. We'll see Derek Thompson coming up at Yegpin in Edmonton at the end of April. Absolutely. You know, going to be 2,000 people are going to show up over the weekend. So I'm really excited to put it on. World-class tournaments. we got five awesome IFPA-sanctioned tournaments that are going to be there. Our Canadian women's tournament for the first time ever that will be there. Everything's going to be streamed um, starting on the Saturday night. Uh, we'll have classics playoffs, and then we'll also have on the Sunday the Canadian Pinball Championships. And don't forget about one of the coolest things that we'll have, which is the Pinball Pro Tournament which is a brand new tournament where you're going to win a pinball bracelet worth over $1,000, just like you'd win on a World Series of Poker. So we got some cool stuff coming, guys. That's pretty rad. Very good. All right. Wait, Je one question for you, right, Jeff. Hold on a second. <laughs> Trying to eat my food here, but go on. Being in Vegas, I know that you're a poker player like I am, and I, you, you like gambling in general. Do you feel like tournaments with a secondary outlet other than pinball would be a good thing? For circuit events moving forward, and what do you what do you like to play at the casinos? I'm confused by the question. <laughs> what do you like to play when you're here at a casino? And do you think that something else to do other than competitive pinball would be a good thing for future circuit events? Because I know personally, being here in Vegas made this event really fun and a nice destination. It depends, you know. I think of a place like New York City, and I like to see all the different um, sites. And there's certainly Major League Baseball. I'm a big fan of. I like going to a lot of the food places. That's a, a thrill for me. When you're in Vegas, okay, there happen to be maybe a few casinos. So, yes, poker was fun. I taught my good friend Stephen Bowden how to play what I'm going to call popcorn craps. It's craps, but it's like Popomatic Trouble. It's the greatest game ever. You'll never play the other game ever again. And um, I, I don't know, just lots to do. So it's nice when there are other things to do. I'll give you an example. Bat City Open. The food around there and being in Austin, Texas was spectacular. The festival in Texas, in Frisco, well, it's all pinball, 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 but there was so much to do there. So it's nice to have a little something extra. Yeah, I mean, we're going to sit down and play some poker together and uh, hopefully make some of our money back that we threw away at uh, pin golf. But um, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is more casinos <laughs> attached to pinball tournaments. All right. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Derek. Congrats again to Carrie Wing, as mentioned, for her women's championship, and also to Zach Sharp, who pulled the double victory, winning the national championship and pin masters. The following week, I took my son Carson to Cleveland. We watched the Blue Jays get crushed each and every game by the Indians, but we checked out the Ohio Pinball Show. Congrats to Marlis Rambo, winner of the women's championship, and to Alexander Kazmarchuk, who won the main event just like he won PinFest this weekend in Allentown. Coming soon, it's NYCPC and Pintastic for the first time for me. I'm looking forward to those. 
But after Cleveland, I took a couple of weeks off from travel, then headed to Yegpin in Edmonton, which you heard Derek just talk about. Here's what happened in Western Canada. Swinging in the saddle just before the break of morn. Take me back to old Alberta, the place where I was born. The biggest sponsor at Yegpin is Tommy Floyd with Nitro Pinball and a great display. And you do really well at this tournament, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what? We, we concentrate largely on Western Canada and everybody comes to this tournament. Everyone comes to the show uh, and we just love this turnout. Every year, it's fantastic. And, you know, they come to our show at Vancouver Flipout and it's a real brotherhood and a special thing out here. I, I just love this absolute show that they do. And uh, Derek is fantastic at putting the whole thing together. You stepped it up. For all these uh, people that bring games and bring machines, there are a couple big prizes. So if you brought a video game, you're in the draw for a Dig Dug machine. But if you brought a pinball machine, and there are a lot of great collections here in Alberta, you had a chance to win a Monsters game from Nitro Pinball. That's a, boy, you really stepped it up there. Well, yeah, I had to. I mean, these guys are growing, uh, and, and every year they're getting bigger and bigger, and, and uh, you know, they needed a bigger a bigger prize. And, and you know what? We'll do everything we can to support pinball, uh, uh, you know, all over North America, but especially in our own backyard. You talked a little bit about Vancouver Flipout. Let's have a little sneak peek of what we can expect in the fall. Well, we're, we're doing it October 3rd uh, to 6th this year. Uh, and you, we're actually moving the, the, the whole tournament area is being moved into the theater. So now it's going to be bigger, we're going to have a lot more space, and then we're going to have more room for games in the main hall. So yeah, we're excited and uh, it, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to blow up this year. We'll do really well. One last thing I want to talk to you about because you brought a couple of Black Knight Sword of Rage games and I know they are going to sell out a lot of down payments on those games. But to get those games here, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, you know what? Jamie is a soldier. Uh, this guy, uh, I reached out to him on Pinside, uh, and, and he's a customer of ours and a good friend. And I reached out to him because they would have arrived in Vancouver after the show. So we had to circumvent, we had to get them shipped out to the, to the border, and the closest border we could get them shipped out to was in Butte, Montana. So he drove 21 hours to pick these games up and get them out here. And I'll tell you, we can't thank him enough. Uh, and, and it just goes to show uh, how fabulous the community is. Great support here in Western Canada, too, and uh, a lot of fans and supporters of Nitro Pinball. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you very much, Jeff. To put Yegpin together, it takes a whole village, and there are a lot of people, and they say, uh, what is it, every village has an idiot? What's the saying? Yeah, pretty well, especially if it's me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Derek Thompson, who really is a big part of Yegpin, diehard pinball. I got to tell you, new facility, great tournaments. You added another tournament. You've got to be proud of what you've done so far here. Yeah, it's been special. Every single year that we put this on, you know, it's just a lot of work, a lot of effort from a whole big team that we have here. Um, but it's been amazing. We got great feedback from everybody that's been here. Uh, the extra ad of the Pro Pinball Tournament, I think, was awesome this morning, doing the playoffs for that. And, you know, Jermaine um, winning the uh, bracelet, first ever. And I think we'll continue that tradition. And that'll be a niche for our tournament. It was very, very cool. Kind of reminiscent of the high stakes at Indus. So that was a, a nice little ad. Good job on there. You've got the classes. you got the main. You've got the little kids. You've got the women's. So many different things to do. And then a great showroom, too. I mean... It really takes a lot of people to bring all these games here, and the collections are outstanding. Like, I've never seen so many great modded-up games in the tournament, let alone out in the floor. Yeah, I think we got a great donor community here in the Edmonton area, and it helps because, you know, it brings in all the best games that we can, and they're not afraid to bring them in the weekend, allow the public to go ahead and play them. They're very free uh, with their assets, and we appreciate uh, the support that we do get from the community. 
There's a great tournament going on in Michigan right now, part of the Stern Pro Circuit in the Pinball at the Zoo. And uh, best of luck to obviously the Harmons doing that. But you've got a lot of people that have come here in Edmonton for going the Stern Pro Circuit because they know how great this tournament is. In fact, look at Jermaine and Dave Stewart and Raymond Davidson. They came up last year and they're here again because they know what's good. Bob Matthews, so many people that have come from California and myself and others from Ontario. It's got to make you feel good to see these returning players and it growing. Yeah, look out Josh Sharp. We're coming, man. And uh, we're going to force our way onto the Stern Circuit here next year. Uh, we got a lot of great players that are here. Uh, eight of the top 10 players in, in Canada here uh, as well a number of the top players in the US uh, from Seattle and from California so we're starting to make a name for ourselves uh, I think the tournaments are very well run very well organized we got a ton of volunteers that help us with them and it just makes the experience enjoyable for the people that want to come out and play in them Derek the best flattery I can give you is I'm shocked that this is only in its fourth year because it's so well run yeah, it's been, uh, but it's to the credit of the people that are around, and that's what makes it work. And we've been able to, you know, take take notes from Indisc and take notes from major tournaments that are out there to try to improve what we do on a year after year basis. So uh, I just give a huge thanks to Carl D'Angelo for DTM. Huge thanks to Jim Belzito, who is my guru and helps me with tournament setup and stuff like that, and gives me advice. Um, there's just a number of people that are in the community that want to help us and help us run a world class tournament here in Edmonton. My final thing to you is, as you know, from being in tournaments, from running a tournament, none of this is possible without volunteers. And you've got a great volunteer base, and you reward them, which is what I think you have to do in tournaments. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, with our volunteers, we have a base of over 70 volunteers that help us throughout the weekend. And, you know, we provide the tournament entries, but we also provide free entry. We provide a bunch of, you know, goods and food, food and, you know, just extra play. Smart. Anything that we can do to try to help extra over qualifying, all those types of things help our volunteer base because that's what makes the show go. Um, you need the volunteers in order to make things work. If you want to see a good tournament, make sure you put Yegpin on your calendar in 2020. If you want to run a good tournament, maybe give Derek a call. Derek, thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks again, man. The winner of the Little Flippers tournament here at Yegpin, she is Arissa Crywolt. Congratulations. That was a great playing. Thank you. You've got a big smile on your face. Are you a big pinball fan? You've been playing a long time? Yes. We have a lot of pinball machines. You do? What do you have? Star Trek, Simpsons, Spider-Man, The Addams Family, The Walking Dead, Metallica, a lot, a lot, a lot. Now, can I ask you, because a lot of younger kids aren't into pinball as much as maybe video games or YouTube or Fortnite and all those fun things, but you really like pinball, don't you? And why do you like pinball maybe more than some of those things? Because it's kind of active and I like how all the games are set up differently and have different themes to it. Well, you played a fun game to win the championship on Guardians of the Galaxy. You chose Quill to kind of get a feel and, and get some progress there, but you were nailing Groot over and over again. We were admiring that a lot. We have Metallica at home and the setup's very, like, very similar to the Guardians of the Galaxy. It is very similar. Congratulations. You have to be very excited. Well done. Thank you. There were a lot of tournaments here this weekend. We talked about the Little Flippers tournament. There was the main event with the A and the B division, the Classics. There was the Pro Championship. And a great tournament put on by Nitro Pinball, the Women's Championship. And the winner of that, with 23 women and coming out on top,
Krista Luchik. How are you doing, Krista? I'm good. How are you? Great. You have to be very happy. A lovely trophy that you won there. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Is this the biggest win for you? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I won um, women's the first year Yang Ping was out, but it was just the highest women scoring, qualifying score. And so I'm really excited this time I get to have a trophy. <laughs> yeah, the playoff is a different kind of atmosphere too. The playoff was wild. It was so great. The, like, it was, we were so close. Or oh, the games so you played. Close. The games. We were, um, we played, oh no, Sorcerer and the Attack from Mars and Iron Maiden, which is not a friend of mine, but I, I chose it anyway because I wanted. You chose it. I chose them because they're all three in a line. So I, I wanted to play Sorcerer and I wanted to play Attack from Mars. And so that was. So you're stuck with Maiden. I stuck but, with Maiden. And it turned out to be a good choice. Your new best friend. <laughs> well, maybe not. But All right, close, Eddie's not coming close. to dinner. <laughs> so what's next for you? What's next? Um, I'm hoping to make it to Vancouver for Flip Out. That would okay. be really awesome. But um, we play league in Edmonton every third or every second Thursday night. So that's that's always lots of fun. You know that there are a lot of people here from the Seattle area. And there's some great tournaments in the Northwest, including a chance to win a pinball machine at their women's event. So something you might want to consider. It's a short jaunt. It will be on my list of things, yes. I hope you do it. You played very well. Congratulations, Thank Chris. you. Thank you so much. You know, if you come to a tournament and you're lucky enough to win one of them. I mean, that just makes your day. And there are a lot of tournaments here, so there should be a lot of different winners. No, not at Yagpan, not at all. Because this man did something that, the last time I saw it was Escher Lefkoff at Free Play Florida when he won a Deadpool side tournament, then a Classics, then a Pro. But this man won the high stakes tournament, then the Classics, then the Pro. Lavash, I cannot believe what this man did, Jermaine Mariol. Last year, you came up with Raymond Davidson. He won it. You had to have, I guess, one of your power trios, you, Dave Stewart, and Raymond, and you decided, okay, it's my turn. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fun tournament. We came last year, the three of us. This year, we came back with five people, and, you know, it's always fun to come here. Derek runs a great show, so you know, I got a lucky weekend. doesn't happen very often, but when I can, you know, I'm happy for it. I played with you before. In fact, last year might have knocked you out of it, so you took revenge on everybody Ooh. this year. I, I did. That's short memory. Uh, oh, I, I have to focus <laughs> on these things for my hatred. No, I'm just kidding. I cannot believe how many times, and you saw it on the Die Hard pinball stream, how many times you were shimming out of outlanes and just the greatest nudges I have seen in a long time. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you. I mean, I, I try. I know uh, sometimes I overdo it a little bit and, you know, you push the machine and you tilt your ball, but I feel like if I don't try, I may lose an opportunity. So if the time is right, I'd rather try and maybe push too hard and not try and think I could have saved the ball. Can I ask what may seem as a dumb question, but on a game like Twilight Zone, where bonus is huge, or Indiana Jones. Sure, sure. Are you as aggressive on those outlanes? It depends on the situation. I mean, Twilight Zone, if you mean the last game, ball three, I was over 200 million away from the next score to beat. So tilting or not tilting would not have changed very much the end result. So in that situation, just go for it. I mean, even if you tilt your 50 million, if that 50 million didn't bring you any closer, then it doesn't matter as much. Um, yeah, you know. Do what you think is best for you. I mean, you've won a lot, Jermaine. But really, is this your best weekend ever? Maybe. Yes. Three? Yes, that is definitely my best weekend ever. I mean, I was very happy when I, you know, made the finals at Pinburg. I've been training for three years, and I've always come very short of the finals. But it, winning is, is nice, right? It's definitely a, a good feeling. I was looking at IFPA and seeing that you're 20th in the world right now, and mm. and you've always been kind of a top 50, certainly top 25 player. This is going to catapult you a little bit more. I mean, three big wins. 
It could be. I mean, the high stakes, the way the format was, there was not a whole no, lot of there's players. There's no TGP there, yeah. Yeah, it's not really, it's not about that. But, you know, it's nice, like, ranking is good. I mean, it's good for the ego, I guess. But uh, I'd rather come out and try to do my best. I'm, winning and playing is more fun than seeing your name on the front page, I would think, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of great players just because they don't have the opportunities. That's you true. don't see the name, but you know they are great. It doesn't matter, right? Like, I'm very lucky to be able to travel, to have enough time and flexibility to do that. So, you know, my name is more likely to be out there, you know, compared to other players that don't. But it's just about having fun and once in a while, maybe, you know, beating Raymond and winning or something, right? So, another huge tournament that's coming up is one you've declined to go to in Italy if the 16. You've definitely qualified for that, but sure, sure. it's just too far away? It's too far, too much money. I mean, you know, I, I have a six years old and a wife. Uh, I can't spend three thousand dollars just to go for like five days or hold on a second how much did you win this weekend sure i mean almost yeah. five grand plus yeah. a silver bracelet and a couple of trophies yeah i could sell everything and buy the ticket but i think it's more about the time like i like to spend time with my family as well so i think i do about four or five trips a year just from pinball yeah. that's already quite a bit so you know it's just fair you pick your battles but the world right. championship to decline no i mean uh you know it was very fun last year in canada Closer, easier to go. I mean, Toronto is uh, the easiest, but uh, I'm looking forward to next year in the U.S. Uh, hopefully, I don't know where, but uh, North America at least, right? Florida. Uh, well, who said what? Oh, man, that's like the other side of the U.S. for us. Who knows? Okay. Just, that's just speculation. Speculation, okay. Jermaine, congratulations. Three massive wins. That's uh, something to behold. I mean... Thank you, Jeff. Well earned. Thank you very much. All right. That's it for Yegpin here, and that's it for your wrap-ups of recent tournaments here. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff Teolis.